Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Today on the show, I have two singer-songwriters that collaborate frequently. Um, the first one, uh, directly to my left, is Ellie Jackson. Hello. Hi. And then right across from me is uh, Kaylee Conway, whose most recent EP is Surrounded Middle, right? Yeah. And uh, very, very awesome EP. I was listening to it early. It's a lot of... Uh, genre bending and stuff like that um and uh i really admire a lot of your versatility on that project thanks man you're very welcome so uh thank you guys for being on the show cool it's good to be here cheers cheers cheers, cheers with cheers to water you know? <laughs> oh yeah cheers to water so, um how are you guys days going today pretty good yeah yeah what <laughs> did you i heard you guys you came a little late. I do like chronological. When people ask me that, I have to start at the beginning and walk through. Well, of course. Yeah, that's a major tendency, I think. Great order from the chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but mine's been pretty chill. Had kind of a lunch debacle. What happened? Well, my partner and I went out for lunch, and we were going to do some errands, and lunch was only supposed to take a half an hour, but like this particular place, God bless them. Mm -hmm very cute place <laughs> there was like maybe one server working and it was like full and they were getting their health inspections so Ooh. Oh, yeah nice. it was just kind of through a wrench and things For despite sure. a lovely atmosphere and you know community. yeah just some just like uh the, the timing just sort of was a little off super a lot of time <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it was supposed to be a half an hour what did it end up being like Probably an hour fifteen. Whoa, so. that's yeah. yeah, drastically different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's been chill. I got, For sure. got my car work done. Nice. Yeah, it's decent. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, your day's good. My day's been good. Yeah, I went to go visit my niece who's seven weeks old, oh. and my parents were visiting too. So oh, I went out nice. to West Dallas where my brother lives and hung out with her, and it's really cool. And like, I was telling Kaylee, it's still like a word that I'm learning how to say, like, that I have a niece, because it's been a month, mm -hmm. you know, a month and a half, yeah. like saying so your that I'm going to go visit my niece. And Ellie. <laughs> yeah. Ellie told me that she accidentally called her niece her sister. Yeah. And I thought that That's a word I've, like, said a lot uh, my whole life. Like, right. I'm going to go yeah. hang out with my sister, sister. my sister's and coming, you and now it's like, sister. now I have a niece, and I have to be, like, used to saying yeah. that. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, uh... A relative term that you're just not used to being applied to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's but like she's really cool, and we have the same genes, and that's oh really exciting. Oh, very <laughs> lovely. She looks like like my aunt, like a little version of an aunt of mine, or something like oh, that. Oh, that's cute. But it's my niece. <laughs> well, that's very special. Yeah. Um, it's been a good day. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm also kind of getting used to that because my sister just got married, mm. and they've been. She's been with her now husband for 10 years, and I was just so used to sister's boyfriend, you uh -huh. know, and now it's husband. Or brother-in-law. Yeah, bro- what the uh -huh. fuck? That's a new one. <laughs> That's one I haven't even, like, I haven't even, like, uh, um, gotten started with that. Yeah. Well, I, don't have, I don't have any of those. It's yeah. the first time. Yeah. You have a brother-in-law. Yeah. That is wild. <laughs> Damn, I'm gonna have to say that in the mirror a couple times, get yeah. used to it. You'll you could just abbreviate right it. Bill. Bill. Is his name 
Bill? No, it's, it's Rob, but, oh. <laughs> but Rob, wow, that is the bill. Yeah. Rob, my bill. Yeah. That was a mind fuck just now. But, um, <laughs> but my, uh, my day was good too. Okay. Um, I started watching the new planet earth. Because uh, mm. I'm, I was very into the f original series. Me too. Oh six, baby. Oh yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it took like like a long time to film and and oh, put it yeah. together, and then ten years later, like they have a new series and watch the first two episodes, and it's just it's great to be immersed in, you know, just totally. see, seeing the different cool habitats and ecosystems of the planet. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I took a little nap, and then I uh, came here. Cool. So I need to wake up a little bit. So yeah. I'm excited to uh, get into everything. So, um, so uh, here at Mr. Nice Guy, we talk about love, fear, uh, motivation, inspiration, passion, just everything that goes into your artistry, mm -hmm. the driving forces behind what, um, what, like why you guys do what you do. Uh, so um, before we can really fully get into everything that's going on now we have to take it back and i would love to just hear a little bit about, from each of you about how you guys like really get it started with finding um playing music as like a creative outlet for yourself mm -hmm. so ellie i would love to start with you i'd love to hear how music. you yeah your origins as a musician creative yes outlet um i mean i sang in middle school choir that was probably the first like organized music making um, I, don't, I think I've always kind of been a sing-songy person, like even talking, uh, oftentimes I slip into like a sing-song kind of mm -hmm. way of communicating. I think that's been my whole life. Sure. And then, uh, yeah, I sang in middle school choir and then in high school I got involved in, I think literally every kind of choir you could be in. Oh, like wow. I was in an acapella group and I was in jazz choir and I was in a women's choir and I was in like the all school like chorale and just any way that I could sing, I did. And I'm not sure I really understood it as a creative outlet, although it was, but it was just like what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then when I was 18, my dad got me a guitar, mm -hmm. and he always kind of like noodled around the house playing guitar, but wasn't like self-taught and um, didn't, it didn't really teach me. It was just like he played it, and so it was like, a familiar instrument and sound and when I moved uh, to Stevens Point for college I brought my guitar with and I started making music like maybe in my early 20s like writing mm -hmm. my my first songs mm -hmm. and what were like the first things you wrote about the first song I wrote about was about a book I read called Queen of the South okay. which was about a woman who was like the wife of a drug lord and like her perspective of that lifestyle Nice. <laughs> Why? Huh? What? Like what? What were you relating to? About I don't that? think I was relating. I think yeah. it was just like a story that That's I read, cool. and I was like, "Hmm." I don't. I don't remember feeling particularly like. I can't really relate to that story. That's not a thing that's like happened to me, yeah. or yeah. even yeah. close to it happened to me. <laughs> but it was just like a. Yeah, I don't know. That was the first song I wrote. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a it? getaway. It was like a runaway. Uh, escape the law cool kind sure. of song oh that is cool i mean it's kind of uh you know a lot of times i'd think of like really simplistic things to be like the first song someone would write but mm -hmm. i mean that's such a like uh i guess intriguing like first 
instinct. I don't know, it's cool. It is. Never knew that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are we ever gonna yeah. hear? Are we ever gonna hear it? Yeah. Is it good? Um, <laughs> it's a medium. It's a medium song. I think I like. I'm also self-taught on guitar, and sure. um, so I just learned like, I call them cowboy chords, but just kind of like your your basic, your E's and A's and C's and G's, and I just played around with the few like tools that I knew on guitar, mm -hmm. and so that's probably why it's a medium song because <laughs> it's sure. just like the same. Chords, although you can do a lot with the same chords. Yeah, simplicity mm -hmm. I'm not... still playing those same chords. Yeah. Yeah. You mm -hmm. should never stop. Because... I'd play it for you if you want. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I, want, I want. But I'm not sure the world is ever going to hear that. Okay. So we're, we're not getting a, a nice guy uh, acoustic session here right now. No. Damn. Not, not for sure. That's okay. Tell us. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we'll, we'll, see what we, we'll see what we can do later on. Later on. Yeah. Future episodes. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, and then, um, when did, uh, you start, like, uh, applying your sort of, like, self-taught, uh, songwriting and singing and stuff into, like, you know, playing out and mm -hmm. stuff like that? Um, uh, well, also while I was in Stevens Point, there were, like, open mics on campus, and mm -hmm. I mostly learned covers and played those out first. Yeah. And, um, then when I was 21 and I could get into bars and play open mics there, I would do that, and, like... Yeah, some of the songs I would play out were originals, but still quite a few covers. Um, and I think I'm honestly still figuring out uh, what playing out looks like for me and like how often I do it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Nice. But I've been playing a lot more with Kaylee on yeah. Kaylee's music, and I think that's helped me um, better understand what it feels like and what it would look like and what I would need to do to start doing that myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And. Uh, Fun fact, uh, Ellie is playing on Thursday at Bremen. Mm -hmm. um, that'll be really exciting. Uh, is this eight, uh, eight at eight? That is perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, very intentional with that. Yeah, I, it wasn't even my doing. It was just like just worked out. Infinite powers. Yeah. Have you like uh, out here in Milwaukee? Like, have you done like many sets? Like, you know, under your own name. Um, not that many. I think I could count on one hand how many sets I've played oh, out. Well, this is really exciting. It's a unique yeah. opportunity. Yeah. So that's exciting. Rare. And this one it, is it playing is with you, right? This one is playing with me. Yeah. Kaylee has agreed to learn my music and is playing on Thursday. Lovely. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, it's been really fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the tables have turned. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's, and that's how I like first um, came into contact with you is because uh, I was covering Kaylee for Breaking and Entering. I think it was March. It was at the Pabst Tap Room. Oh, uh, right. Very uh, lovely, uh, ornate venue. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was really dope. But yeah. That was the first time I had like met you and saw like you, you guys perform together. Um, so yeah, that is cool. Like turning the tables there. So, mm -hmm. um, so Kaylee, mm -hmm. turn it over to you. Uh, I like you're wearing your signature red. Yeah, and it was not intentional. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. It happens that I do have a lot of red clothes, and yeah. like today is like big time laundry day. Oh, like yeah. I didn't think like bottom of the barrel. Yeah, it was total bottom. Yeah. Which is this is a great outfit. It is. Thanks. <laughs> so I surprised myself. I had still one pair of underwear left, and oh, like, yeah. it's a warm enough day for a skirt and like whatever. But I'm glad that I could represent my. Your, visual brand yeah your aesthetic <laughs> yeah. yeah no i um now i feel that though i've been like re-wearing like 
shorts this whole past week. Yeah. Uh, it's that, it's sort of that cycle. Oh yeah. Cause like I'm, I don't have enough pairs of shorts to like, um, you know, to that go with like as many like shirts I go through. So like right. before I can even have like, I don't know. I, I let my laundry build up. Be, yeah, me too. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like there should be like a medium wear pile or spot though, where it's like not clean because you wore it, but not dirty. We need another rough. hamper. Or, yeah. yeah. yeah That's kind of what I do. Yeah. Like, I do too. It's yeah. my floor. Yeah. Same. And <laughs> John recently, my partner got like a drying rack, but it's not for clothes drying. It's for draping the stuff mm. that you don't want to fold back up and put away because that seems gross and like too much work yeah yeah <laughs> but you don't want to put it on the floor you just drape it over there oh yeah works pretty well do so. I would it's better than just you know tossing on the floor right which mm -hmm. has kind of been my default but right um but anyway uh yeah we're matching of course i, yes. I haven't even worn my hawk shirt in like god knows how long oh, uh but i wanted to wear i wanted to wear a shirt that I, I feel like I wear the same shirts just like like over and over again because I always throw like all the shirts I wear like when after the laundry just throw them on top, mm -hmm. you know. And I just always grab from the top all mm -hmm. the time, so I like you should just get rid of all the other ones. Then should I should? It'd be yeah. an interesting psychology to delve into, like yeah. how people behave surrounding their laundry hampers. Yeah, and, yeah. You know how deep do you like? Rust into it right. when you need something, yeah. or like, are you just gonna pick from the top? Yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah, usually it's just out of what's convenient. Mm -hmm. But there will be times where like I'll think about a shirt that I have, and I'll be like, damn, I haven't worn that in like so yeah. long. Do I even still have that shirt? <laughs> and I'll like dig really deep in my dresser and find it like crumpled up like in the corner, and like, well. I should probably iron this. Oh. Uh, so Get it back in circulation. Yeah, you got, yeah. Do you bring, have an iron and an iron? Uh, I have a steamer. Oh, cool. cool. Um, yeah. Which my mom got me that I never use. I need to use it more often. Mm -hmm. uh, Especially on that shirt. Yeah. Yeah, wrinkling, wrinkling shirts are like my signature. <laughs> um, so, Kaylee, back to your artistry. So, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> asking, so how did you like really start finding, like, what did music really become like a creative outlet for yourself when you growing up? Everything? Yeah, it's a cool question. And I'm glad Ellie went first because I realized like a lot of things I think parallel with mm. Ellie's story. Like I definitely took piano lessons as a young child, was involved in competitive Irish dancing as a young awesome. child. Yeah. So there were, you know, I was very like intensely trained in some things. Not that my piano skills speak that because mm -hmm. it just like kind of was in one ear not the other yeah but and then you know band in middle school and early high school so there was a lot of like formal stuff going on and I don't know if I would have considered it a creative outlet like maybe I was reaping some benefits unbeknownst to myself from being able to release music and be creative mm -hmm. but I thought I was kind of just like doing chores yeah and then I learned, I started learning guitar, um, probably when I was about 12 or 13, just like some basic stuff mm -hmm. based on what my dad had to show me. And, um, but again, not until college did I start like writing my own stuff. I would say in, in high school, 
I definitely started like maybe covering some songs on the yeah, guitar for fun. Sure. You know, really cool way to pass mm -hmm. the time. Tablature, like mm -hmm. print it out. Might still have this big folder with like all the tabs I wanted to learn. And, yeah. Um, I remember I did write a song on the piano in high school that had nothing to do with my life experience. And I wonder See, if happens. like when you're starting, maybe mm. you're not as willing to be like vulnerable and give yeah. like personal like reach in. Maybe you're kind of like, you know. Wow, it's like yeah. your soul sisters. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> and we so, were the same I just Right. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, it's uh, marvelous, by the way. Thank you. It was not planned. I was it's just thinking crazy. about what you said and how, yeah, as like a younger person, maybe there just weren't that many opportunities or reasons to reflect on my life because there's like such few years of that life. Could be. Yeah. yeah. So it's like. I don't know, these and are just the things that happen, right? My family's my family, and I've never compared mature. to other yeah. families, or yeah. my experiences are, isn't that what everyone does? Oh, wait, no. Right. And now that I think about it, I did write a song before the Queen of the South song. That was about um, you. That was about, yeah, my a school experience that I had. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Sure. Which I have written about since. But anyway, yeah, okay, so life experience mm -hmm. being like, um, yeah, just not that many years yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah, my song I remember was about, um, I had a friend who's a twin, and it was like, her middle name is Marvin, and we always used to call her, well, I didn't really take part in this, but like, they would, they were twins, and they had the same middle name, and it was Marvin, and people would call him like, Martian or whatever. Oh my God. So I just wrote a song, like, imagining that like, this particular twin was like, kind of an alien that like, landed here, and she was like, out of place, like, looking for her. Wow her ship home. Oh. It's super imaginative. I guess. I think, you know, you get trained in instruments and it becomes a thing that you do. You just kind of like sit down and you find pathways and like create stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think I was like, had some rhyme schemes and I don't know, it's, it would be interesting to yeah. analyze like that. Cause that's a pretty intense creative impulse mm -hmm. to like sit down and write an entire song. Yeah. Which doesn't happen all that often, like in one chunk, but I feel like many, many songwriters will speak to having certain experiences where a song just like comes mm -hmm. like that's a very intense moment of like creativity and like completion of a piece. Mm -hmm. It's like what, inspire someone to do that and what inspires a kid especially to just like finish it and be like mm -hmm. this is my thing yeah i never showed it it to anyone that would have been yeah. way embarrassing <laughs> but still like oh was it like in a journal somewhere or where yeah i remember it was in a notebook i think i was using for school so mm -hmm. i wrote the lyrics and just like wrote it on the piano like a pretty simple chord progression mm -hmm. i think i was like listening to Coldplay at the time. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Thought, sure. You know, I was kind my of first song that. was Sheryl Crow inspired. Nice. Like, yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's funny because we might not be as vulnerable about our personal stories or as explicit about them, but yeah. we're willing to be maybe vulnerable about whose music we are like affected by, by kind of copying it in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. It's not only like as easy for us to be vulnerable at those, you know, at that young age where we're not as exposed, we're not as um, 
uh, we don't feel as like seen and heard sort of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like I mean, teenagers go through a lot of that kind of stuff, like that soul searching. But I think that a key thing is also it's like yeah, a lot of us aren't as emotionally mature to do stuff like that, or we're not as um, you know our brain doesn't develop you know isn't as developed at in those years and like we're, you know we're still like struggling to be accepted struggling to fully like get to know ourselves and build that self-awareness but i feel like a lot of it is also just yeah it's like we haven't really like experienced that much to be vulnerable vulnerable about yet mm-hmm. you know although i think we've probably experienced the bulk of our traumas that we'll carry with us yeah I think it's, yeah. But I think a lot of those manifest, like, you know, later, like, as life goes on. Because, like, I remember, like, yeah, like, shit that, you know, um, I've definitely, shit that would affect me, like, when I was younger, when I was little, like, it's like my entire teen years, like, a lot of that stuff was just, you know, suppressed. It was bottled up. I never really, I never thought about that kind of stuff. Like, it never really, like, became conscious until like as I got older like you know into my 20s and stuff I yeah feel, you know totally I think that consciousness definitely can evoke like a certain pain or friction like you start to be more conscious of the things that you are processing and dealing with mm-hmm. then you might have a more emotionally intense experience that might prompt you to like write something but it is interesting that we don't consider ourselves writing songs until we're like in college yeah yeah because you feel like doing i would imagine that like sort of in a way it almost makes you a more emotionally effective songwriter or artist or whatever it is you do but interesting yeah like in your early 20s yeah 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 there's something going on there's definitely something going on. Well, it's like, I've, I remember having, and I made, like, really emotional, emotionally-based decisions as, like, a small child. Mm, mm-hmm. But I just never compared them with anyone else's. Mm, and I think sure, that's yeah. what's happening at that, like, what I'm thinking about it now, it's like, 18, 19, 20, like, if you have left your house or still live with your family but like are meeting new people for the first time because you have mobility in a way that you maybe haven't had mm-hmm. your life yet... Like, maybe that's the first time you're comparing and seeing other situations where you're like, wow, my life is different than that life. Or, wow, it's the same. And, like, I'm not alone. Or, like, oh, my gosh, this was an isolated incident that, like, only I have felt. Or, you know, what, whatever. Like, you maybe have the ability to reflect on your life because you have a different amount of mobility to see what other people's lives have been yeah. like. So, otherwise, I was yeah. definitely, like, I think kids are really emotionally like available Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're great artists and I wonder too if it might be something about like as you get older you're taken more seriously in society yeah Yeah. as a kid like kids are creating genius art their imaginations are super potent and Mm -hmm. like but we just look at it and kind of go it's kid stuff yeah right yeah let's just smash that right out yeah Yeah. or (laughs) if they're really good we can manage their careers mm-hmm. and be in mm-hmm. control of the money that they generate from, I don't know, child acting or modeling. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. They just don't really have a ton of self-autonomy. Repli- right. Yeah, autonomy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I guess, like, when did you start uh, um, t- 
turning like uh, your songwriting? Like, when did that start becoming picking up and becoming like a more serious thing for you? Well, um, probably around twenty twelve or twenty thirteen or so. Was like I'd been playing open mics a lot and sort of doing setting up my own solo shows sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, well, I joined my friend Miles's band, the Miles Coin and the Rusty Nichols. Mm -hmm. And I was like doing stuff with them for six months or something. And then I remember going to I went to India and like I thought I was just going to be done and continue with my path that was supposed to be like sustainable agriculture stuff and my friend Tim who had been living in Paris um, but we've been friends in high school uh, he had recently moved back and I remember him like getting a text through to me while I was there that was like yeah I totally just joined Miles Coyne and the Rusty Nickel Band <laughs> nice. so they can't wait for you to get back and oh, like, wow. play more shows and I was like what? So, wow. <laughs> yeah so um once I started getting more involved with them and the, and my friend Tim kind of like, he was the one that really pushed me into having like a band um, and he became my drummer and like really helped me develop the stuff and put a band together and, you know, book shows and get a name. So like that was when it started becoming more like public facing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Whether that means it's more serious, I don't know. But I still, I wasn't super serious about it. It was just something that was unfolding within my social extracurricular life. Mm -hmm. um, but then I would say I started taking it, I was always taking songwriting pretty seriously, like just wanting to make sure I was like expressing something that was pretty honest and as original as I could make it. Mm -hmm. um, but not serious about like being proactive about getting exposure. That's sort of yeah. a whole nother, whole nother thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Turning it into like a business sort of. Yeah, as unfortunate as it sounds to say, yeah. but no shame in it. Like, right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I could say that, I think it was in 2016 or something, I learned that Margaret Glasby was gonna be playing at the back room oh, on my birthday. That's awesome. Yeah, and I was like a fan of her album, and I was just like, you know what? I think I was meant to open this show. And that was when I decided like, I'm gonna just, they say it's in who you know, I'm gonna figure out how to do this. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely did not succeed, but it really opened my <laughs> eyes to how, many steps I needed to take yeah. in order to create um, like a, what would you call it, like a project that has mm -hmm. visibility. Yeah. It I gave you that like, like could this be sort of... Yeah, I guess. And then that, be, that was sort of an enticing challenge to me, as frustrating as it was. And like, I also remember experiencing a lot of feelings as soon as I, because I'm not really like a type A personality person who sets a goal and goes after it despite what anyone else thinks or wants of my time. Mm -hmm. I'm much more comfortable just saying yes to when other people would like me to contribute time or resources to something. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I I was. Is that how I got you? <laughs> That's how Thursday. Eight eight, 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 everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Oh, that's that's kind of it. It certainly informs why I agree to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but and and it kind of depressed and stressed me out a lot to know that I was going after something that I wanted and like taking steps to try to get there. And basically, just been doing that ever since, just trying to increase my scope of opportunities. Mm-hmm. I guess. I guess how would you describe like like when you say like it depressed you going after it? Uh-huh. I guess like like how how would like I guess like yeah, how do you feel it did depress you in ways? Yeah, um it I think probably caused me to grapple with a lot of like self-deprecating feelings because mm. for every amount of progress that you make, it's because you had have to like sell yourself on something yeah. to someone and whether that like for me at the time I didn't have you know press photo assets like I didn't have a website I didn't have followers like I didn't have that stuff and attaining all of those things you really have to I don't know, it makes you aware of where you're at with your self-esteem, I guess. Yeah. Like, in a way, I thought I was good enough and important enough to the community. Mm -hmm. But I learned that I was very wrong, you know? I yeah. didn't have the stuff, the connections, the audience, like, none of it. So that was kind of depressing and trying to build. And like I said, it's hard. it's hard to describe, but... From where I'm oriented in my personality, it's uncomfortable to go after my own goals. Like, it still is. So, depressed is one word that mixes into the cocktail. Yeah, right. But, um, yeah. just anxious and self-deprecating yeah. and fraudulent feeling, mm -hmm. big ones. Yeah, like, almost like some imposter syndrome. Total imposter oh, yeah. syndrome and just like exposed yeah I this is all where the love and fear plays in yeah this is all love and fear right here yeah um, totally because it's then why do you keep doing it right and it's like well because I still believe in it right you know you still think that there's some driving purpose mm -hmm. where you are getting in touch with yourself in a way that you know you're comfortable doing or at least figuring out how to be comfortable doing and that's you know sharing mm -hmm. something with people mm -hmm. in a way that they relate to mm -hmm. and it, there comes a lot of fear with that because you wonder well what if people don't like it or what if people don't relate to it you know mm -hmm. what if you know this is all the what ifs and but you still it's that sort of that feeling where I still feel like I have some gift or that I am on to something mm -hmm. and that's what continues that drive mm -hmm. and it keeps it alive like I mean I get all the time like all the time there will be times I'm like why the fuck do I even do this <laughs> I'm like why do I do this show like like do like I'll like even though like I'll have you know uh, validating sources that will you know remind me and tell me that 
people care and that people uh, support what I'm doing, there will still be that sort of um, it's it's like the it's like the angel and the devil on your on your shoulders, you know. Yeah. And the the, the devil will still be like, you know, you're you're wasting your time, mm-hmm. or you're not, or this isn't what you think it is, mm-hmm. or you know, w- like at the end of the day, like, what's even so special about what you are doing? You know, I, I, those are thoughts that will still, I think, can be the, um, it can be a, a, a burden on anyone, you know, that's, you know, figuring all this out and whatever their outlet is, but. Totally. Yeah. I like how you coupled love and fear because it sort of brings to mind that fear is like, a very necessary part of like going after yeah. love or something that a small shred of you believes in. Mm-hmm. And also it's just interesting that being a performer, it's like you have to follow your creative impulse and like you have to have an attitude of like, and fuck them all, you know, mm-hmm. but you, you have to get applause. Yeah. Like, you have to garner applause then and there, you know? And mm-hmm. so you can't do it without having some stake in whether people approve or are able to connect with it in some way. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting balance. Yeah, of course. I'd like to think that, you know, love without fear is never a good thing because there's no self-awareness to that. You don't know how you are vulnerable. Mm. Mm-hmm. When you have are only out of fear and you have the lack of love, then having unconfidence. So, so you know, you always have like that. I feel like a lot of us can still be very confident, but you know, we're still gonna get nervous. Mm-hmm. We're still gonna have those feelings of self doubt, those feelings of uh, you know of uh, questioning ourselves. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. sort of um, the the constant battle for like what we are and what we aren't, you know, which is something I think a lot of us to varying degrees deal with. So yeah, no, it's all that's all real stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, yeah, so you so your album last year, uh, Silk for Life, mm-hmm. um, which I'll clarify is actually a 2016 album. Oh, okay. It just wasn't put on Spotify till. Oh, right, right. Because that's when sure. I got an account, and you ha- in order to backdate, you have to have, like, a pro deal with DistroKid, who I use. So it is a 2016 release. Sure. Was that... For the record. Sure, okay. Um, how did you feel putting that out? Like, um, did you sense, like, growth as an artist? Because, like, I, I noticed that, like, you know, various publications picked it up and everything like that. Um, I guess, how did you feel you felt growth with growth with that project yeah it's a good question um i don't think i was aware of growth again like the margaret glassby thing it was like me being like shit i have to release this thing and i we worked on it for such a long time my band like broke up while we were still working on it and i was like how do i give this any kind of nurturing oomph like we worked on it like if people would listen to it that'd be great if people would come to our 
our last show, that'd be great. And that meant I had to figure out promo, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so that again was like a sort of painful process for me with a lot of friction. It was the first time that I was like spearheading something because before that, when we were operating as the Lucy Cukes, it was a much more collaboratively run band. It wasn't me pulling all the strings. Um, it was me more so sitting back and like letting my bandmates do a lot. Yeah. And this, it was like, okay, I think we should release this thing. I think we should pull together, um, you know, a few shows leading up to it and like, and then have a final show and have that be it. So even that vision now, knowing what I know after having booked seven, hundred million shows or whatever yeah, and I right. hate I, like every time I hate it <laughs> yeah it gets arduous yeah, yeah it totally does and so definitely didn't feel growth surrounding it at the time but now I know that I sort of like I went in head first and, and started figuring out stuff like I was kind of trying to um, get eight, eight, nine to pick it up and just, mm -hmm. you know, make sure I had like the local live stuff going on with WMSC and Shepard writing about it. And that's where I really started developing some of the contacts that I still have, you know, in the media and stuff. So mm -hmm. it was definitely a ton of growth. I had to make decisions. Yeah. Right. right yeah. Right. And, uh, so yeah. Where you felt consciously like going into a direction. And it was, but it was under, it was up to your discretion what that direction was, mm -hmm. pretty much, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then, and then with your EP that just came out uh, mm -hmm. recently, um, how did you feel like you, you know, continued that direction? Yeah, the EP was a much more gratifying experience to release, I guess, um, because although it took way longer than I had originally anticipated. Um, a lot of the connections that I had started working on during the Silk for Life stuff, like, really manifested into, you know, 889 put me on a billboard with optimum timing for mm -hmm. that release. And that was huge. So I was, like, able to, to be conscious of the fact that I was really reaping some fruitful, like, relationships yeah. and um, had done enough work to, like, over the years to get the visibility and also the fact that it came with a lot of like, you know, sort of pukey self-promo stuff. Yeah. It was satisfying to be like, oh, well, without that, I wouldn't be able to have this kind of support for this release that I'm getting. Mm -hmm. um, and then just like in terms of performance and actually playing the music, it is really cool because the vision for that album was I wanted to create a body of work that I would be able to like pretty honestly render on the road while touring. So I did it, you know, there's only, you know, there's just bass drums and then basically two guitar overdubs that are happening at any one given time mm -hmm. and vocals, but I'm able to play the music out and try to promote that album rather than like being like, hey, everybody, please support me so that we can send this album to die. That was like the Silk for Life thing. Yeah, for sure. Whereas this mm. is like, hey, I've created this thing. I still believe in it, although it's been, you know, it's been a long time. I've been mm -hmm. playing the songs a lot. 
but I can take this on the road and I can try to give it more um, mileage and exposure, I that's guess. Awesome. Yeah. Does that answer? Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Definitely. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we haven't even talked about how you both came into contact. We mm. have to know mm. how you question. guys uh, became friends and uh, how you guys, and then started playing music and everything. I don't know if we have the same story, but I can share my story, my version of how we met. We'll compare and contrast. Yeah, be the same. Yeah, sometimes I feel like I have friends who are like, that's not how we, I remember us meeting. Well, we'll anyway, see. okay, so I was working, when I moved to Milwaukee, I got involved pretty quickly um, with a project called Be In Tween, and they were working on redeveloping the Beer Line Trail or activating the Beer Line Trail, um, a particular chunk called the Artery, and that was where Richards, uh, Richards and Keith meet all the way to the Capitol Bridge sure. and through that process um, we just tried to have as much music involved as possible and art and creativity is the artery of like the backbone of this development project um, and I was running a open mic on the trail and that's how I met my partner Cheston and through meeting Cheston he was like you know there are some there's some like really there's some artists that you need to get involved in that project because he believed in it and um, he was like, you should really get a hold of Kaylee Conway. I think what you, like, I think Cheston had heard some of my music because, um, yeah, I just had shared so much with him at that point. He was like, you really need to get a hold of Kaylee Conway. I think you guys would really hit it off and maybe she can come to one of the events out on the, the artery. And then we ran into you at Fuel Cafe mm -hmm. and he was like, this is who I was talking about. You guys need oh, to meet. Nice. Only probably in like this way cooler, like. Hey. <laughs> I remember him being pretty excited. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he introduced us at Fuel, and I think like that was my first introduction to you, mm -hmm. um, like act actually in person. Mm -hmm. But then, I mean, kind of like through the music scene, got to know each other a little bit better. There, like we didn't know each other very well, mm -hmm. but we had been at a few things mm -hmm. together. You came over to my house for a jam one time. Yeah. And I remember, like, I don't know why I thought this, but I had seen you, we must have run into each other, and I was like, I wonder when that girl Ellie is going to, like, hit me up to see if I want to hang out. Like, I just got this vibe <laughs> that it was coming. Yeah. And then, not long after, like, in the following week or two weeks, I got Whoa. kind of a random Facebook message from her to see if, like, I want to get coffee. Remember, we went to Fuel? Yeah. And just, like talked and I tried to understand like what you did for a living and I will admit I really didn't understand because <laughs> you did like freelance stuff and I was like it's still really confusing whenever yeah. anyone asks yeah, like okay what you got like half an hour yeah. like I'll tell you about yeah. five projects yeah um, I it feels on that yeah like, trying <laughs> to like culminate everything you're doing into like a simple question. Totally. It, yeah. yeah. It's a misconception. It's very loaded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I feel like it was Ellie's kind of, it was the force of Ellie that brought us together. together. Yeah. Nice. I do. Because then you had the Jane's Walk thing. So then, yeah. So er, early last year, like April, maybe I should know when Jane's Walk is, but there's mm -hmm. an event in Milwaukee called Jane's Walk and it celebrates Jane Jacobs. Um, and it's like it kicks off 
this month long, I think, uh, like neighborhood walks and talks and like better understanding. I think she was one of the first people to um, talk about gentrification mm -hmm. and um, that it could be combated through like community work and community investment in places and stuff. And so there's a group of people who celebrate her every year. I think in last year I got asked to play music for it, mostly asked to do some like covers of like era specific activist folk songs mm -hmm. um which was really cool but also uh i think one of my major holdups with playing out and playing music is that i get really bored and tired of playing alone um yeah. and i think the opportunity came to me and i remember talking to liam our mm. friend liam o'brien he was like i was like i don't think i want to do cover folk songs by myself uh, he's a dude that has a traffic cone as his uh profile picture on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I guess he does. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I keep tabs. <laughs> tell you, I'm, I'm, uh... Careful, like you object. I go on adding profile on Facebook adding screens, yeah. But, oh, nice. Yeah, but... <laughs> I remember that, yeah, yeah. He suggested I reach out to Kaylee, because you guys were tighter, mm -hmm. and you had worked on some projects, and, um, yeah, and then I reached out to you. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was an actual idea in my mind that I needed to, like, that I needed to reach out to you, that I needed to like somehow develop a relationship. And I wasn't sure why. It wasn't like I had a project to like present necessarily to be like, I really want you on this project, but um, yeah, I just yeah, I think you had feeling the... kind of called to do it. Yeah. And I think you're correct because now look at us. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and uh, you know, I just hear people talk about the way that our voices blend and stuff and definitely feel a kindred songwriting spirit with Ellie and mm -hmm. so yeah something well, you came in. you came here with the same hairstyle today so some, something's <laughs> and it's like a weird and it definitely hairstyle. does yeah. not have to do with the length of our hair being the same yeah. <laughs> that has to do with me copying you right. <laughs> no, or us copying some fictional character yeah, yeah. hey who does that so it's, it's a look you know it's a vibe Thank so you. right <laughs> um I felt the impact of that uh so you used to do radio, I saw. Yeah. Um, you did, it was all the things radio. Wow. Yeah, okay, yeah. so, I mean, if we're going way back. Let's I go way back. I got in college radio when I was in Stevens Point. Oh, they have nice. a wonderful community radio station called 90 FM. Mm -hmm. um, and they host the world's largest trivia contest. Wow. It's amazing and oh, exhausting. My and dad would love that. It's super cool. Yeah. Your dad might know about it. He, yeah, if he loves trivia, he probably I'll, I'll ask him. Mm -hmm. but <laughs> um, so I remember being like 19 and meeting someone who was in like the communications department and it was like an extracurricular they could be on, they could be a DJ at 90FM. And I was a philosophy major and I was like, oh, am I allowed to do this? And they were like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You just have to volunteer. So I like went through whatever super basic training to run the board and turn on all the equipment, which like at the time... Uh, I had to get there at like 5 in the morning to like get everything turned on and give it like 45 minutes to warm up because that was what the equipment needed mm -hmm. to like broadcast, to be warmed up enough to broadcast. Mm -hmm. And I would play four hours of music like once a week and it was super fun. I, I miss it. I still like wish that I had a role like yeah. that. Um, and the space itself was also like just walls and walls of CDs and vinyl and you could just go through and pick your genre or get to a different genre you never would have picked because it's labeled and you can just take stuff off yeah. the shelves and play it. And I loved curating sets and 
Um, so that, so I did that for like a, a few years, like through through college and then even after I graduated, I stayed in Stevens Point and was like a community volunteer and I had a show. Gosh, it had a cool name, but I don't remember it now. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. Acoustic something so. I don't remember. Sure, I don't remember sure. at all. Um, and then when I, yeah, I moved to River West. I moved to Milwaukee five years ago. We moved to River West. And I've been in River West for the past five, going on six years. And uh, some somehow got connected with River West Radio. Um, a friend of mine, Erica Wolf, and I, we were we moved. Erica to Wolf uh, spent the night on my couch a couple. Oh yeah, like, she stayed with us. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Shout out Erica Wolf. <laughs> hey, Erica. Um, and we started a program before River West Radio had an FM call number. So it was like still online radio. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, honestly what inspired it was um, Nick Kovac has a radio show on River West Radio called Packerverse. Hmm, and it's, it's like about the Packers, kind of obviously, but also like um, the land around Lambeau Field and Green Bay and like the the river flowages around there and mm -hmm. then like poetry and kind of just like all sorts of like native histories and then if the Packers are on the road like <laughs> if they're in Miami then like getting into the flowages in Miami and the native history of Miami and also football and like yeah. it's this really it's a great show he's been cool. doing it for a long time and every once in a while he would have Erica and I on it Erica knows about the Packers and like could contribute to that I know nothing about Same. the Packers or football, I don't know. really. Oh, I'm a I like sports ball sports. kind of guy. I don't, I don't do sports. So we uh, would always, basically like when we were care. on the show, it would spiral into like um, from Packers to like gender equality because it's like <laughs> uh, there's no women football teams. Yeah. There's yeah. like it, the ones that do exist are like like powder puff football where like yeah. women are put in really like unsafe working conditions where they're not even working they actually are like having to pay to be a part of this thing that like anyway that was our contribution to Packerverse and we were like maybe we should just have our own show really? <laughs> yeah. like, there's a lot to talk about right. you realize like wow I've like a lot I've been it's just been festering to oh, say, yeah. you know yeah. yeah totally and Erica and I met in college also and we got into student organizing work and so we'd, we'd had a lot of years to practice those conversations and we're both interested in having them. And so we started a show and I think it was like, yeah, we didn't really want to be limited to a particular topic. And so we called it All the Things, which gave us a lot of wiggle room to like yeah. cover whatever we wanted. Right. Um, and I, th I think at first we were really just going to like put together our own segments to talk about. And then like very quickly it grew to like being a platform um, to get our friends or people we didn't know but we thought were doing really cool things mm -hmm. um, on to like be promoting their work or talking about their work or promoting an event or um, yeah even people who were like not in Milwaukee or were touring would like come on um, it was really cool That's we awesome. did that for two years I think. super cool mm -hmm. for a while for a year and a half it was every week and then we switched to every month because after a while it starts to get to be a lot to plan on. Uh, yeah. I don't know how it's been for you coordinating like a guest to show up and then if they don't then you're like, well, I guess I have an hour of airtime to fill by myself. Like, do you want me to, sh <laughs> you want me to show you my uh, uh, schedule on my phone? Because it is. Is it like? It's uh, anarchic. Yeah. Uh, it is. Yeah. I. 
Yeah, don't even get me started on guests that don't show up. I do not want to open that can of worms. Yeah, no, it's closed. Guests, Keep it closed, Ben. Guests that don't value my time. No, it's okay. I'm kidding. Well, uh, and then with our radio show, it's especially like time was a huge constraint because they couldn't yeah. be late. Like we were 10 minutes late. It couldn't happen that way because it's yeah. like on air is on air. And um, if someone didn't show up, it wasn't like it could be rescheduled. Maybe. Yeah. It was like... We just lost that hour. Exactly. That's a big thing that people don't really take into account. Like, because it can be very easy to get thrown off track with radio and with broadcasting in general, mm -hmm. uh, like with podcasting. Like, it's very, like, I've learned from that, like, uh, from doing this, that it can be very easy, like, especially when you have, like, a syndicated show that, you know, you try to have like a rhythm of like like uh, or ebbs and ebb and flow of how many episodes you're putting out in like a given amount of time or just like what your schedule is during the week if it get like it's you can go from having it like controlled and like consistent to that getting thrown off really easily mm -hmm. i think there's some i mean i still really love the format of live radio um i think there's something really cool about having a voice on the other end of a sound wave that's like in real time but as far as that goes that's where like podcasts come in mm -hmm. pretty handy because you can record something you can have a backlog of content and yeah. then be releasing them on your own schedule yeah. for that exact reason yeah. um, and because you can make really amazing stories happen with like a little bit of editing yep. magic right yeah yeah oh right. man shout out adobe premiere is that what you do? Yes, yeah, it is. Nice. Great, great tool. Um, so, um, Kaylee, oh, wait, wait, you're gonna. Also, shout out to River West Radio. Shout yeah. out to River West Radio. FM. They do great work. Hyper local, community oriented, independent media. Seriously, it's super cool. Phenomenal initiative. I'm really so awesome that we have that here. Mm -hmm. um, Kaylee, uh, so. Um, you have like a, the like the candy apple red image that goes a lot into your. Uh, I I read that off of your uh, Spotify description. Was cool. that was that, <laughs> was that color the specific color? Yeah. Um, how did you sort of like adopt the like the color scheme into like I guess your image? Well, um, the guitar that I bought was red. It still is, and. I, you, didn't, you didn't dye it or anything? No, nope, I haven't yeah. dyed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't painted it. Sure, yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, good guitar. And I think at a certain point, like early 2018 last year, it just sort of was like, I could do this and it would be maybe visually kind of striking. And, you know, I have yet to implement like a light show or a projector thing. I sort of had a vision of like, maybe I could get a little mini projector screen and like do some cool visual stuff. I think mm -hmm. it's really important to consider how it looks. And I also kind of have this working theory that it's like a little bit easier to get people to look than listen, at least at first. So mm -hmm. I thought that might be a good way to draw people in. Yeah. And like, yeah. and leave them with something recognizable, an impression, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But yeah, I had seen or like 
I think I saw an interview with Aldous Harding and like saw some of her performances like her tiny desk and she's wearing all white and she has a white guitar and she was like yeah at a certain point I just started obsessing about how my performance look and I was like you know what I really haven't given that enough thought and it's really important so I was like I could do that with red yeah, and sure. doing it yeah and so I've, I've like not been quite as strict lately because I don't know. It's important to just wear like what you feel like wearing mm -hmm. on that day, but it's worked out, and then I don't have to like labor over a decision mm -hmm. about what to wear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think an artist that he's like really, really good about like his um, one of my favorite like artist images is Beck, mm. um, with like the really big hats that mm -hmm. he wears and like his sort of like flashy jackets that he wears like, I think it just goes well with a lot of the like eccentricities of his songs and his material I don't know but I, I think that yeah I mean images it's important because yeah like you said it gives like a takeaway something you're remembered for right I thought that particularly when I saw you at the the past tap room cool it went so well with the color scheme there because the lights were like the red, white, and blue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought that it went really well with your outfit. Cool. And, and that is what I want, you know? Just yeah. someone to give it some thought. They don't even have to be impressed, but I just feel like they're more likely to remember their performance, maybe more likely to stay focused on it. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure. It's also nice to feel like I've shown up for a professional endeavor with a uniform on. Mm -hmm. Okay. In order to right. perform the thing that I'm there to do. Yeah, well, I think that it's crazy how memories are formed not only from sight, mm -hmm. but from what you hear, mm -hmm. what you smell. I've thought about incorporating, well, oh. maybe I'll keep this a secret. It's ahead of its time. Okay, oh wow. Some, we're, think, we're talking some avant-garde uh, uh, elements here. Yes, but, uh, sensory elements. Right, yeah. <laughs> but but that's that's important. I think that, like, when it's like when you hear a song or when you hear a particular sound, you think of a place or a memory or somewhere you've been, someone you know. Mm -hmm. Same, th I think that, um, you know, when you like incorporate like sound and sight into one memory it you know it makes it that much more um profound i guess yeah and vivid and yeah it's all we can really ask i mean as musicians yeah. we're just like grappling for whatever of people's attention we can get and usually it's not very long and it's you know hate to be cyn cynical about it but like sort of a low quality of attention that we're hoping for. Mm -hmm. um, so, the yeah. The whole idea of Get playing out is kind of wild when it you think about it, like the length of time. Mm. It actually takes, um, like, not only behind the scenes of, like, coordinating and practicing and stuff like that, right. but also just, like, in the moment itself, it's like, you know, maybe 20 minutes to maybe 40 minutes of an experience that we're all sharing and, like, mm -hmm. it's not, like, the format that most musicians follow isn't like like a play that's on Broadway. It's not like, this show is going to happen every night for the next three mm -hmm. weeks or whatever. Come by and catch it. It's like a one-time thing, usually. And um, it might not happen again for a long time. Yeah, because after you do it, you're <laughs> like... This is what a wild format. You're right. Mm -hmm. It's like when you... Uh, you guys feel like after you play a show, you're like, well, oh, 
guess that that was that. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I did it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I. It's yeah. It's kind of weird where like because you're in such a trance the whole time doing it. it can be. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it can be anything but a trance. You know, you're just like painfully Hyper aware. Painfully aware. Yeah. Or thinking about. Like, oh god, what's the next song I'm gonna play? Yeah, yeah, right. Just need to like Stay here. slow down. Yeah. Yeah. So for the sake of time, I wanted to uh, touch up uh, on what you guys are working on now. Cool. Uh, so I know you're playing Cactus in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, Very September, good. September 7th. Very good, then. Yes. <laughs> My research, but... September 7th. It's yeah. going to be a great show. wild calendar of yours. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I always, like, uh, hit interested on every event, cool. on, like, every venue, like, at least if it's a Milwaukee artist, mm -hmm. because... Just to, you know, keep it on the radar. Totally. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's important. And it helps promote, it helps that event's Facebook, like, life. Oh, yeah, it's like the algorithm. Yeah. Where, like, if all these people say that they're are RCPing to an event, it's mm -hmm. going to pop up more. Exactly. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, what do you... Appreciate it. Of course. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, totally. Uh, what are you guys working on? What are you working on now? Because, I mean, you're playing out on Thursday. I want to know what you're playing. Not on Thursday. Yeah. I know. Well, so the topic of conversation lately has been when I'm going to release a single that I've been sitting on for a little while and made with the help of... Cheston, my partner, and Liam O'Brien. Um, Shout out both of those yeah, great right. people. And Cheston's sister, Celeste, actually sings on too. Okay. And shout out Celeste. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's cool. got some background vocal sounds. Sweet. Um, and it doesn't have like a release day, but I'm thinking sometime in September it could be oh. ready to be born. Um, nice. Yeah, this this struggle for me is because it's not a, I mean, maybe not even a struggle for me, just the struggle is like trying to figure out the plan for releasing content and how it fits in with a bigger, longer yeah. picture or schedule or more content. And um, I've kind of just given yeah. up on it right now and I'm, I'm just ready to release some stuff. So I'm hoping that that starts in awesome. September. Good. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's a that's something a lot of artists struggle with, like the format to start with. Is it an album? Is it a single? Is it an EP? Or am I going to drop a bunch of singles? Mm -hmm, I, mean, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of artists are becoming single artists. Mm, yeah. Like, I think totally. you're right. A lot of pop artists, a lot of uh, artists that are just, you know, appearing on our, uh, you know, Spotify and stuff like that are dropping songs. They're not dropping full projects. Or when they do drop projects, they're not very long. Mm -hmm. People are getting more and more impatient. They really are. People's I mean, attention is, like, is waning. Goes to the actual, like, a, a performance and the attention that you hope to gather from an audience for a performance. It's like, translates, I think, to anything. Yeah. Everything. Mm -hmm. Like a, a single being released or right. a project that isn't that long. Yeah. Yeah, no shame about being a singles artist. Right, too. of course that's, not. Yeah. That's, that's the relevant medium, you know? Oh, yeah. You gotta yeah, like, not I resist mean, it. Yeah, like, uh,. New Vices, the band, mm -hmm. like they dropped most. They've, I don't think they've dropped the full album yet. They've dropped mostly singles, mm -hmm. but they're killing it right now. Yeah. You know, it's like plenty of artists like that. Mm -hmm. So, it's just like, is it's a matter of how it, the 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 pattern of your releases like uh, coincides with your sound? Maybe mm -hmm. I think that's mm -hmm. a part of it too. Mm -hmm. What about you? What are you working on? Well, similarly to Ellie, I have a single that Ellie and I 
along with my partner John, went up to Honeytone Studios in Nina and we, we recorded there um, at, with the production team of the in-house Nina guys. And I'm trying to figure out when to release that. Mm-hmm. I was thinking October, maybe November, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and that's going to stand as its own thing. And then I'm working sort of simultaneously on, like, what I, I'm envisioning a full length just because, like, for my own artistic gratification, would really like to do that. But trying to pull together the plan for that recording with my current group, and it might be, it might end up being more of an EP. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see what is possible. Mm-hmm. I've just been doing a lot of, like, pre-production and demoing and stuff, and then I'm working on... Um, a concept EP as well um, on the side. <laughs> so, cool, fun stuff. Yeah, so I'm hoping to use that because the past two years I've released um, like an experimental Christmas album as a way to challenge myself to learn recording, mixing, and production and arranging and all that stuff. Um, and this year I think I might try to make my Christmas deadline thing for this EP that I'm working on. It's going to be a three song, um, like, it's a Joni Mitchell song that I'm oh. sort of like blasting open and making into like a three part epic trilogy, I guess. Awesome. That's the idea. So, and then I would like to use that as a way to go further with learning production. So. I have, again, enlisted the help of our friend Liam to help me produce it and tr- like aim for um, just with our resources and with what I'm willing to spend on it, like the highest quality product that I can produce. Cool. Yeah, so there's lots of stuff going on. Big stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Kaylee, Ellie. Hey. Um, wonderful uh, conversations about love, fear, uh, artistry, all that good stuff, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Good. Yeah, I'm glad you guys had fun. Uh, so, Kaylee. Hi. Hi. Uh, what keeps you up at night? Oh, last night. Whew. It was a tough one. Oh, oh it, was, it was a doozy. It was a doozy. Uh, what keeps me up at night is definitely a fear of um, home invasion. Yeah. Big time, especially when I'm in my apartment alone. Yeah. And um, last night it was, so I went into this, like before bed, a deep dive into just trying to pull up articles and video on like what is the psychology behind following through with a project or a creative idea. Mm-hmm. And I landed on this self-hypnosis YouTube thing that I laid down and like did and it was cool, except the guy's voice was really, really creepy. Oh, really? As many of those things are. Oh, well, yeah. The content was good, but just had, like, the creepiest, like, most villainous oh, wow. voice. So I went to bed being afraid that I might have been possessed in doing someone else's evil bidding. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, no, God. It, 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 was oh, a bad, it was a bad night for wow. me. Wow. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Ow. Wow. Yeah. Um, there were like really beautiful rain sounds happening last night. Yeah, it was a beautiful yeah. storm. It was like oh, yeah, a perfect cool. storm last night. It's okay. Yeah. Well, I, think I, came out I feel that. I think, and I, I like, 
I think it just would have helped. Like, it wouldn't have been so bad if it wasn't right before bed, probably. Oh, absolutely. I just wound myself up. Yeah. I do. I've done that before, too, where, like, I'll read something scary or Mm -hmm. watch something fucked up and Mm -hmm. it'll, yeah. But it was supposed to be relaxing. That's the whole thing. They take you through a body scan and make you relax everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was just like, well, what if I had just done? Yeah, maybe they should, uh, maybe they should, uh, fix that. Yeah, they should. All right, so. Ellie. Yes. What keeps you up at night? Um, I think just the things that I have to do. Mostly, mostly I sleep pretty well. Thank goodness. But um, yeah, when I have a lot of things on my mind, I'll, that keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. And kind of the only thing to do is like write at them, write them all down. So I have yeah. like white erase board and notes, and that's that's how I sleep best. There mm-hmm. you go. Hey. There's a lot to do. Got to compartmentalize, you know. A lot to do. Ellie, what puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Mm-hmm. Rain sounds. Rain mm-hmm. sounds like the one last night. Yeah, I slept so well last night. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Totally Bad night's sleep. That's okay. Kaylee, what does put you to sleep? Um, yeah, definitely reading, and um, I have this breath exercise that uh hypnotherapist actually taught me when I was 12 (laughs) and when I'm really desperate I'll do that or I'll take my bangs and curl them around my finger Mm. and that helps I could see that being sort of uh, meditative yeah I've done it since I was a really small child so I don't know why interesting yeah Yeah. well everyone has you know they have their their strategy right yeah what's yours thank you for being on the show thank you for being on the show um so mine uh Usually I just kind of like toss and turn until I fall asleep, but, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, but you know, it's been hot. So I sleep with a fan on in my room and mm-hmm. that's yeah. kind of soothing. It's like having like that white noise of the fan. I like that. Um, I was always, just, usually I'm a pretty good sleeper. I'm, I'm, I get tired. I'm just yeah. a yeah. tired guy. <laughs> so tired. yeah, that helps. Uh, just being just so be busy. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just being so busy that you just are tired like yeah. all the time. Like, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I what does it for me, but um, well, uh, so, um, what like I said, uh, um, so though I think I won't have this out by then, but uh, I know you're playing uh, Bremen on Thursday, mm-hmm. eight 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 at eight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, catch Kaylee Conway uh, September seventh at the Cactus Club, and uh, listen to her EP and all of her other music streaming everywhere uh yeah i can't wait to hear the singles and stuff you guys got coming up cool thanks ben you'll be the first fuck yeah (laughs) yeah all right well thank you for watching mr nice guy we'll see you next time